seeking for the help of the Lord, I direct your prayer for attention to Judges chapter 13. Judges 13 and verses 22 and 23. Verse 22 and 23. And Manoah said unto his wife, We shall surely die, because we have seen God. But his wife said unto him, If the Lord were pleased to kill us, he would not have received a burnt offering and a meat offering at our hands, neither would he have showed us all these things, nor would as at this time have told us such things as these. Judges 13, verse 22 and 23, a conversation between Manoah and his wife, a man and his wife. They had both seen the same things. They had both had the message here from the angel of the Lord. And yet they are viewing it in a different way. And Manoah is full of fear. His wife is able to allay those fears and give reasons that there should be life and not death. Reasons for life and not death is the message that is upon my spirit. Manoah he would have known, he would have known what we have recorded in Exodus 33, where the Lord says to Moses, and though it might seem strange, because we're told that Moses did see the Lord and speak to him uh, face to face, and yet uh, the Lord does say uh, to him, he said, verse 20 of Exodus 33, Thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock. And so it is no doubt that Manoah had that in mind when he uh, made this observation. And we might ask, well, uh, how did he know? How did he know that this was the Lord and not just an angel? When the news of the birth of our Lord was made known, it was through an angel, and the angel was given a name, given the name of Gabriel. But here, when there was a specific asking after the name, and it was Manoah that said unto the angel of the Lord, What is thy name, that when thy sayings come to pass we may do thee honour? And the angel of the Lord said unto him, Why askest thou after my name, seeing it is secret? Or margin, as we noted, wonderful. And this is the name that later on was to be given in Matthew. His name shall be called Jesus, uh, in uh, Isaiah, we have that his name shall be called, amongst other things, wonderful. And that is directly applied to the coming Messiah, God manifest in the flesh. And so 
Manoah would have known from the uh, Old Testament, from uh, from Exodus, of the necessity of having a, a barrier or a daysman, a mediator, one to come in between and not to see God face to face. So Manoah has these fears. This is, of course, in the account of the birth of Samson. And if it were not for those few words in Hebrews 11 and Samson, then uh, numbered amongst those that lived and died by faith, we might wonder, really, was he and all that ensued later on in this chapter really one of God's people? You would be familiar with the account of Samson. He's going after women and being deceived by women, losing his strength, losing the secret of the Lord's presence with him in that way. And the strange ways that he took and how the Lord used him. But you know, there's several lessons really in it. One I often like to view that Samson, in a strange way, he does reflect our Lord Jesus Christ. When our Lord came, he was not. He was not what the religious leaders of the day thought the coming Messiah should be. Very, very different. And they were offended at him, his lineage and at his teaching and all that he did. Not, of course, that I would imply in any way that our Lord walked in any way sinful or wrong as what Samson did. But we have the very different contrast of, no doubt, the expectation of Manoah and his wife as to what their son should be and what he was. I believe, in a way, dear Mary, the mother of our Lord, also, as she heard the things that the shepherds said, as she heard what his, uh, Jesus said when he was twelve, wished ye not that I must be about my master's or my father's business? And uh, the way that his life unfolded, his death, his sufferings, Mary saw all of those things. Really, not until. The Holy Spirit was given and she and the disciples really knew what the Lord's plan and purpose was. Many things were marvelled at because it was very different than what they thought. Even the disciples right at the very end, they saying to the Lord, wilt thou at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Very many times we get this picture that what they were seeing, the path that was being walked before them was not what they expected. And we may think of this in our lives just because it is a way that we didn't expect doesn't mean it is wrong. Doesn't mean that the Lord is not in it. We have those abundant evidences and this is one in the Word where no doubt Manoah and his wife had real expectation of what this child should be, how he would be used, and yet so very different. 
many times. The children of Israel, their expectation going through the wilderness, their expectation in the promised land. Uh, so very different the reality. And you might be struggling this morning with the reality and what you thought. Think of disciples on the way to Emmaus. We trusted it should have been he. And here again in, in this chapter before us. We think also with what was said of Samson that he slew more in the day of his death than in his lifetime. Our Lord worked many miracles. He slew many with the words of his mouth, his dealings with the scribes, the Pharisees, the lawyers, and how that his word was blessed to his people, the miracles that he did. But that which he accomplished at his death was more than all his life. His enemies thought that they had destroyed him, but our Lord in dying and in rising again, in shedding his blood and rising from the dead, brought in everlasting righteousness and paid the debt of all his people's sin. That was done, and that was done at his death. And in that way, as we read uh, the account of Samson, we can see some reflection, some uh, time, some uh, illustration of our Lord Jesus Christ. But I want to look with the Lord's help this morning at three points. Firstly, a reason for death. <clears throat> this is what Manoah had. He said unto his wife, We shall surely die. And he gives a reason for it. Because we have seen God. Secondly, two different conclusions in viewing the same event. Both of them had seen the same things and yet they come to different conclusions. One negative, one positive. I want to look at that in our second point. And thirdly, the reasons for life. His wife said unto him, If the Lord were pleased to kill us. And she goes on to give the reasons, three or four we might say, uh, reasons why they were not to expect death, but rather that they should live. But firstly, a reason for death. And Noah said unto his wife, We shall surely die because we have seen God. In the beginning, when God created Adam and Eve, he created them perfect and spotless in his image and with no sin, nothing impure whatsoever. They created them with a free will and gave them a law gave them to eat of all the fruit of the trees of the garden of Eden, 
But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the midst of the garden, thou shalt not eat thereof, for in the day that thou dost eat thereof, thou shalt surely die. And our first parents were given this assurance, there shall be certainly death if that command was broken. We know that command was broken and that man then in dying did die. Although that time of death physically was deferred, then uh, yet it did surely come. And in those early chapters in Genesis, though they lived over 900 years, yet we are reading, and he died, and he died. You and I, we must die. Manoah here, there was to be a time that he would die, the same as his wife would die, as all mankind must go the way of all the earth. This is not speaking of a, a, a death in some future time or uh, that we show uh, we without this happening we would live eternal life and we would never die he, he is speaking of a of a judgment of a death coming much suddenly much quicker like the judgments in the wilderness when the earth opened its mouth and swallowed up Dathan, Korah and Abiram uh, for their rebellion against the Lord and against Moses it was a judgment, a sudden death uh, upon them. And this is what Manoah was expecting. But all of us, we are under that sentence of death. We, we must die, the same as Noah and his wife must die and have died. And yet there was a spiritual death that was an immediate death. That is, alienation from God, a falling from the image of God in communion and fellowship with God and incapability of knowing God, of having communion with him and of discerning the things of God. Spiritual blindness, uh, spiritual deafness and an insensibility to anything that is of God. We are dead in trespasses and sins, that the natural man receiveth not the things of God, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. And the heart of man is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked, who can know it? After death, there is to be the second death, the judgment of God and then a consigning according to that judgment to eternal wrath and eternal damnation. And we are all under that sentence of death. There is a reason for death. And we always remember that. When we look upon the sick, when we look upon the dying, when we look upon those that are going the way of all the earth, there is a reason for it. Yes, we might say, well, they're, they're like Elisha, they fall sick of the sickness whereof he died. And there is a means used to bring to death. John the Baptist had his head cut off at the behest of a sinful woman. Many of the martyrs burnt in the fires. Josiah, 
was not to live and to uh, see the judgments of God upon the land, but God would show him mercy, but he died in battle. And that was God's mercy, that the timing and way of his death was to preserve him of seeing that judgment and what was coming on the land of Israel. Death for God's people is the gateway unto heaven. It is the way that they lay aside this body of death and all its corruption where their soul returns to God that gave it and in heaven then await the glorious resurrection to be given a new body, a spotless body. But death still is the enemy of mankind, is that which puts an end to the life that we know. Our bodies are made for this life. We breathe its air, we eat its food, we walk on it, we are subject to the gravity of the earth, we are subject to time. We are made for this time state and this is all we know. And our bodies, they survive here and not anywhere else. And to ever think that there shall be no time. We shall not be in this body. We shall still exist. Our soul shall still be conscious and we shall appear in the presence of God. In one sense, we're always in the presence of God. But may we know that with Manoah here, he says we shall surely die and he gives a reason for it. When we think of all of us, all mankind, that this statement is a true statement. There is a reason why men die, why we must die. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Condemnation is passed upon all men in that all have sinned. This is true. And yet here Manoah, he had a reason that he felt their death would come quicker and as a judgment because of what they had seen that they had seen God. God himself had said that fallen man, fallen man could not look upon God and live. And that statement is a true statement. And it is true that Manoah did really realise that he, as the same as Jacob uh, before him, who had wrestled with God and with man, and prevailed and given the name of Israel, he had seen God. This is one of the pre-incarnation appearances of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. The eternal God made manifest in the flesh. He was to come in the fullness of time to be made of a woman and made under the law to redeem them that are under the law. But in the lead up, we have the Lord appearing to Abraham. Three men came to him. One was the Lord. Two went down to uh, Sodom and to bring Lot out of Sodom. But it was the Lord that was speaking with Abraham. It was our Lord, the eternal Son of God, that appeared to 
Jacob, that appeared to Gideon, that appeared now to Manoah and his wife. And we know in this way that, yes, to see God is to die. But to see God in that place, as in Exodus 33, there is a place by me. And the Lord said to Moses, I will put thee in a cleft of the rock and hide thee. When I pass by, thou shalt see my back parts, thou shalt not see my face. And in the Lord Jesus Christ, we see God, we see God manifest in the flesh. Our Lord said, if ye have seen me, ye have seen my Father also. Emmanuel, God with us. And men saw God, they saw our Lord. They saw our Lord in the days of his flesh. And they lived. And so yet there is a reason why Manoah is saying this because outside of Christ God is a consuming fire. We cannot view God, we cannot approach to God and yet all of us, all of us when we die we must appear in the presence of God. The Apostle Paul says absent from the body, present with the Lord. We shall be brought before our Maker and we shall see Him. And it is vital that we know the secret, the reason of how we can see God and yet live. Because what Manoah has said cannot just be swept aside. It is clearly stating a truth both in that they saw God and in that those that see God shall surely die. But there is that truth that is veiled, and it is the secret of God, manifest in the flesh, seen in the face of Jesus Christ. Now in one sense, with Manoah, he only sees God. He only sees the angel of the Lord. He only sees a reason why that they should surely die. I want to look then secondly at two different conclusions in in viewing the same event. We've already mentioned about the fall of our first parents. How do we view that event? The people of God will read the word of God and they'll read about that event. There'll be those that read that account and they'll pass it off as perhaps fiction or folklore or something that was not a real event. And they will not view at all, though they view that event as recorded and written down as what it really is. Though those that see death, they see their loved ones die. And they just view them as passing from this world. Many make utterances of some kind of thought that they exist and they continue on in some other world, but they have no 
real knowledge and no knowledge based upon the word of God or really upon anything but their thoughts of, of peace and thoughts of that everything will be all right. And many then will view the fall, whether it is in the description, in the word of God, or as they see the effects of it in illness and death, and they view it not as something to really be laid to our hearts and to come before the Lord concerning, but just to accept as something, well, it happens to everybody, you can't escape it, and we'll just make the best of this life, and some will say, because that is all we have. Many, many will view what they have heard about the fall and about death in one way that brings them not into any concern for their soul, any concern about meeting with God, any concern about eternity, what they know is but superficial and really they don't want to know more because there's that underlying thought that, well, if I know more, then, then maybe I will be concerned or maybe it will alarm me and maybe it will upset me. I'd rather not know. I'd rather be in, in ignorance of it. And we can have those views of an event that really are totally wrong as concerning the reality of that event. On the other hand, if the Lord has been pleased to open our eyes, to quicken us by his grace, and to lay upon our hearts what we read, and faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God, and we are brought to view and see the fall as to what it is that we are under the curse, we are under the sentence of death. Death is actually a sentence from God. Then we'll view it as that which we really need to pay attention to and search the scriptures and seek how there can be life instead of death. And maybe the word before us this morning where one is viewing death and another is viewing life, that that is what is exercising our hearts. That is what we are thinking of and searching the scriptures for. We have the question as to how it can be that there can be life given to those that are under a sentence of death. And so in that way, the two different conclusions it marks a difference whether one is still dead in trespasses and sins or whether one has been quickened into life so that they are able to see and see what another cannot see, see the danger, see the wrath, see the condemnation and then look for deliverance. Look from that same God that brought the sentence and look to him for life and for deliverance. Here then we have them both, Manoah and his wife, looking upon the same event of the angel coming and coming to these two different conclusions to it. This will be replicated in many things 
in our lives. Men do not see, even in things, in providence, in our lives, we do not see things the same way. And is coloured by what we have been taught, what we know, and where there is ignorance, where there is knowledge, that will affect how we view something. And in this case, it is the wife looking upon those things that have been done and seen and said and drawing from them conclusions of hope that Manoah was overlooking he had not seen. We think of Elisha and his servant when the Syrians came to take them. They woke up in the morning and the mount that they were in was surrounded by the Syrians. And the servant of Elisha said, Alas, my master, how shall we do? And Elisha said to him, Fear not, for there are more that be with us than be with them. But the servant could not see those that were with Elisha and himself. So Elisha prayed, Lord, open the young man's eyes. And he opened his eyes and he saw round about the mountain the chariots of horses and chariots of fire. And they were there. But the servant did not see them until his eyes were opened to see them. And that is what we need. Eyes to see, spiritual eyes to see what otherwise would not be seen. What God's people do see, there comes a time when those that are the Lord's yet still are blind, still are dead in sin, their eyes are opened and then they see. Then they see God's provision and then they see. They see the danger. They see what the Lord has provided in his beloved Son. There's another thing to note in this uh, point. And that is the blessing of two together. There's a husband and a wife. And we have in the book of Proverbs the blessing of when two are together, that when fall, one falls, then the other can lift him up. And if two lie together, then they have heat one to another. And as iron sharpeneth iron, so the countenance of a man his friend. The scriptures emphasize the blessing of the people of God, gathering together, being together. Here it is, a husband and a wife, a help, meet. Certainly, Manoah's wife was a help, meet for him, or suitable for him at this time, to speak to him these words of hope, these words to counter the distress and the sorrow and the agitation and all that was going on in his poor mind, and his wife was to be used as the means to be eyes to see what he could not see, and to speak to him what he could not see, and to calm him. Whether it is a wife to a husband, or a husband to a wife, may we be encouraged if the Lord has brought together two in this way, that can be a help, help in this way in life's journey the blessing 
of two together. And Manoah said unto his wife, We shall surely die, because we have seen God. But his wife said unto him, If the Lord were pleased to kill us, he would not have received a burnt offering and a meat offering at our hands, neither would he have showed us all these things, nor would as at this time have told us such things as these. I want to look then at our third point, the reason for life. What Manoah's wife said to him. There are three, or perhaps we could say four, things that are brought before us here. The first thing is an offering received. She says he would not have received a burnt offering and a meat offering at our hands. Now remember what the sacrifices and what the offerings set forth, all of them pointed to our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. That one offering, that one acceptable offering. In Hebrews we, we have it very clear that the Lord did not delight in the blood of bulls and of goats. He did not delight in all these offerings, whether meat offerings or whatever it was. But he did delight in his beloved son and how they pointed to him. It's not a delight to the Lord when people just follow rounds of dead service, forms and ways and don't look beyond it and actually do so by faith. We should really view all that we do Coming to the house of God, why do we do it? Do we know why? If we don't, we can't be doing it in faith. If we do, it is done in faith. Why do women wear a head covering in worship? Do we know why? If we don't, then it is not done in faith. We should know why we do such a thing. Or why we don't do such thing. What so is not of faith is sin. We should be able to look to the word of God as to the reason for the, why we do things and why we don't do things and especially in the matter in the way of worship. And so with the Lord's Supper, with baptism, just to observe the elements and, and not really see our Lord is, is not acceptable to God. It is by faith of you. And so with this sacrifice here that was received, a burnt offering, a burnt offering and a meat offering at our hands, it was received. We think to the coming of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. And what is said? He hath given assurance unto all men in that he hath raised him from the dead. It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, that appeareth in the presence of God for us, an offering received. Now, 
Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ offering at Calvary, the one sin offering, the one place where the sins of all his people, Manoah and his wife, all the people of God were laid on him. He had laid on him the iniquity of us all. That was done at Calvary and that was accepted and the empty tomb bears witness of that. And this is what his wife is saying. This sacrifice that we have made being a type, being a type of the sufferings of the Lord Jesus Christ was accepted at our hands. The angel of the Lord accepted it. He ascended up in the flame of it. And this is the reason why he does not intend to kill us. Right at the very beginning, in the Garden of Eden, there was a reason given why men should still continue to multiply. The seed of the woman should bruise the serpent's head. It said Eve was the mother of all living. It was through her and through the seed of the woman that the Messiah should come, that the promise should be. And it was in expectation of that that men continued, that the world continued, and especially that line. And several times in the history of the children of Israel, it looked like the line to Christ, the line to the lion of the tribe of Judah, the promised seed should be cut off. David's line should be cut off. But in a miraculous way, it was kept alive, restored. And we can read in, in Luke and in Matthew that line that leads straight unto Christ. And it is then that the reason uh, for life continuing is the expectation of the coming of the Lord. And this is a reason for life that is held forth in the gospel of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. The offering of our Lord at Calvary has been accepted. This is the proclamation of the good news of salvation for sinners. I, if I be lifted up above the earth, said our Lord, will draw all men unto me. We should always remember this. It is through Christ's death that life is given to us. Now, we have a second thing. What has been shown us? Shown us. And we may... Think of what was shown them. They'd seen they'd seen the angel. They'd seen the sacrifice accepted. They'd seen the angel ascend in the flame. They'd seen the sacrifice consumed upon the rock. They had uh, seen all of these things. Now what have we seen? The psalmist in Psalm 119 says, Open thou mine eyes that I might behold wondrous things out of thy law. And it is a blessed thing if the Lord has shown us, shown us our sinnership, shown us our condition and state before him, shown us our wicked, evil heart, shown us what this world really is under the curse, 
curse under the sentence of death shown us that like Solomon said vanity of vanities all is vanity that the Lord has shown us those things that shall put a blight upon everything here below but shown us also in the gospel what is the plan of God, the purpose of God. How we need our eyes opened. How we need that we be brought to perceive and understand that which we read, that which we see. And in life's journey, that we be brought to view those things in a right way that we see all the effects of sin and God shows us the reason why and he shows us in our own heart we have in Ezekiel turn again thou son of man thou shalt see greater abominations than these we may ask ourselves what has the Lord shown us What has the Lord shown us about ourselves, about this world? What has he shown us through his word about himself? What has he shown us as viewing men, viewing those of men of the world or those of the people of God? I believe dear Ruth, as she saw Naomi, the Lord showed her one of his dear people passing through affliction and tribulation and she wanted that her God be her God so this was another reason for life what was shown them and it's a reason for life for us what has been shown us and the third is what he has told us and this is joined with what we may say a fourth or joined together she says neither would he have showed us all these things, nor would, as at this time, have told us such things as these. The timing of these things being told, you know, in a natural sense, they'd been told about the birth of Samson. The child shall be born, and how that they should order him, and what they should do, and and how they should act, and what they should eat. And that had been done at this time. What if they were to die now? What would happen? They, they couldn't have the child. What had been said was pointless and useless because they would be dying. And she could see this. Why would God tell them these things and then just slay them? What would be the point of that? And so the timing of having these things told them was very important. Yes, they would one day die, but they couldn't die before this child was born and before these things had come to pass. You and I must die. You know, God's dear children are immortal until they are called by grace. Those who have been loved with an everlasting love and chosen in Christ from the foundation of the world, they cannot die until the Lord blesses them with assurance and comfort and that they know they are his children and blessed with faith in him 
Now, it begins with a conviction of sin. It begins when Paul says, the commandment came, sin revived, and I died. And those things that the Lord has said to us, those that he's told us through the word of God, and told us at such time, told us in the day of grace, told us when there is a a day of mercy, and a day of the gospel, and a day when there is that expectation upon the promise of God, he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. We may view it in many things in our lives. What's the timing? And watch what you hear from the word of God and from the servants of the Lord. It may be the message this morning in your life, in your providence, in what you're going through and the timing of the Lord to bring this text and this word and this message is a message of hope, is a message of life, a message to say why your fears, your troubled mind, your feeling of the sentence of death imminent is not right. The Lord is to give life and the Lord is to give mercy. And this word then is to calm your fears and to calm your troubled mind and to give you rest. Rest in the Lord Jesus Christ and in his word and upon his timing and upon how he speaks through his servants and through his word and brings it at such a time as this. The Lord knows what the time is with you and what the time is with me. Well, may the Lord bless this word to us and that we have from his sacred word those reasons for life, reasons for hope. The Lord add his blessing. Amen.